You are listening to Believe, Strive, Achieve, Endurance Podcast with Diogo Custodio. If this is your first time listening, then thanks so much for coming. Get ready and enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Believe, Strive, Achieve, Endurance Podcast. My name is Diogo. In today's episode, we are recovering the coaches on the couch from last week, where Coach Philip and Coach Alan discussed a very controversial um, subject, the foot strike in running. I hope you guys enjoy it. Have fun. Good afternoon, everybody, and uh, welcome to this afternoon's uh, Coaches on the Couch with myself, Patsis, and uh, Coach Alan Ward as well. And today, the two of us will be discussing a commonly discussed point in running, usually a contentious issue, and uh, one which we both have uh, strong opinions on uh, which is uh, foot strike in running and how that can uh, sometimes be the uh, un, I guess unfairly made the kind of the main part and the main story for for running um, so we're, we're here just to talk a little bit about kind of foot strike what it is what do we mean by it let's get a bit of an understanding around it and then let's have a look at kind of what we're actually trying to say when people are saying let's look at foot strikes directly so um, I guess yeah, it's kind of a key, obvious where we're coming from already, uh, but let's kick things off and try and keep things kind of, uh, I guess, in the, in the beginning. So explanation, more an explanation and try and help people understand what exactly we're talking about when, we, when we're looking at foot strike. So what, Alan, do we, do we mean by? It's like you're trying to trigger me by you just keep saying it. <laughs> I know, I know. What, what, it, what is it exactly that we're looking at or meaning with? the term foot strike when we're looking at running what do you mean by it exactly what do we mean by foot strike what do people uh, mean by it? oh i kind of want to start by saying it's not a thing but i'll explain what people think it is and i think there's a commonly held belief about it being a thing try not to say it because i don't think it you know, ultimately is a thing but we'll get to that um Apparently, foot strike is the bit that touches the bit of your foot that touches the floor first, and apparently that's really important. Okay, um, so if, if we're talking about running, um, yeah. it the you have a foot, <laughs> and there's a few different versions of foot strike. So we know that there's um, well, essentially, it's depending on where your foot is touching the ground first, be it the front of it or the back of it. So are you a toe to heel runner? Are you a heel to toe runner? Or are you somewhere in the middle? And that's essentially how you got a trainer. Even better. Here's one I made earlier. So it's kind of like this bit, this bit, or this bit touching the floor first. Yeah. Other brands so are available. Yeah. Yeah. So and cleaner got, ones as well. You got your, your <laughs> the front front foot um, striking is where you're going kind to of landing more on the toes, and then the heel strike is clearly where you're landing more on the heel. And then you've got what's known as the midfoot strike, which is neither an obvious front foot strike and neither is it um, or toe strike neither is a an obvious heel strike so it is very much somewhere in the middle yeah and the the idea so if i go like that philip then that's a that's a, a sort of a four foot strike what what's the kind of thinking behind that what are the commonly held things around that when you say commonly held um, like what do people think is that a good thing is it a bad thing what's it good for what's it bad for well yeah it's, it's, 
it's an interesting commonly held understanding not yeah, necessarily what we think a lot of people will will look at that front foot style or forefoot style of um running uh or striking the ground and and kind of believe that's where a lot of really strong really fast runners um kind of sit so almost you have to be a forefoot striker in order to be a, a, a fast faster runner, runner. um okay. and uh uh, yeah, and so that's probably one of the main things that people consider when they when they look at it. So it's something that people generally, I would say, believe to be true. I'm not, I'm not asking this. Um, I don't want it, like, but the the missing question is why. But anyway, let's move on. So midfoot, what's what's that all about? What's that good for? Well, there's not really. Um, if you're looking down the, the commonly believed thing, that it's not really something that people necessarily acknowledge or understand because most people move towards one of those two extremes. Um, if I is look it good, at good, is it bad? If I look at it as a as a running coach or as a triathlon coach, uh, I, I'd sort of say that that's probably where most people will probably end up doing it, even if they think they're being sort of more of a four foot foot runner. I personally put that in a in a better better place um generally because i think if you go to one of the two extremes you have to we're getting kind of ahead of ourselves a little bit but if you are forcing or going to an extreme that's usually not always a good thing so i think middle ground is usually a good place to sit the yeah the, the obvious thing is to say it is the middle ground and is it faster or slower than a midfoot uh sorry than a four four foot strike General. I'll give you the general guidelines. I think that people are still assume that the forefoot running style is is faster, um, and um, this is probably middle ground again. And then the heel strike is that good or bad? Generally, is given as a bad uh, idea around uh, around running style, and it's something which people are aware of and usually think about trying to kind of remove that classic heel striking position. Yeah, often it's referred to as putting the brakes on and it is generally and generally slower. So we've gone faster kind of middle ground back to slower. So from good to bad almost, if you like. Could I, could I just dive straight into it from there? Is that OK? If you feel like it, go for it, Alan. Right. So I'm I not, keep I think I'll be able to hold you back, even if uh, I don't mind. I can, well, well I, I do this on calls with athletes all the time. If this comes up, I get a shoe. I get. I genuinely will pick a shoe up. I'll take my slipper off my foot, whatever. I'm not embarrassed. Um, and I'll, I'll wave the shoe around and I'll ask one simple question. Do you know? Do you, can you guess what the question is going to be? Actually, I probably can't. Go on. Okay. So I've been waving the shoe around and doing this, that, and the other. What's missing from this shoe? Um, the whole person. The person. So my the, the whole issue with foot strike is it looks at this without considering the person who's in it. It looks at it in isolation and makes a sweeping generalization about what's going on without triangulating. GPS, I believe, goes off three satellites for good reason. Whenever we're trying to make sound decisions, it is always a good thing to do to triangulate the data or triangulate what you're looking at. And in order to get some perspective on whether it's useful, inaccurate, or just plain useless. Um, and with this, it, there's no, it's just looking at it in isolation and making a sweeping statement. 
And crucially, it's not asking the question, why does it matter? Well, so I guess the next question from that is why, why does considering what's in the shoe and what, you know, what the rest of the athlete is doing, why is that important? Unless you want to add to that, of course. Well, uh, before we go into the why is it important, and um, you, don't, you don't need to train anymore, it's fine. Um, uh, I think, yeah, I, I think when you, when you look at that individual, that foot and where it's landing, um, it, the other thing which we're also not really thinking about when you look at that one foot strike thing is speed. Um, and that kind of brings in, I guess, your third, the triangulation point. You're looking at the person and you're looking at the foot strike. And then I think you also need to think about, well, how are they moving through time and space? And I think there's sort of some important things because you could be, um, you know, a heel striker and moving really, really fast. Will that make a difference to how you're suggesting someone should you know, strike the ground? Um, compared to someone who's moving very, very slowly and on their toes. Yeah, the context is like, how fast is the individual running? Like looking at a still image is, you need to look at the dynamics of moving because you could take a still image and I, I could do this and go for great detail. Look at this, they're doing four foot, that's excellent. And then press play on the video and they're hopping. Yeah. And it, that's not right. It's also like the surface that you're running on, the gradient that you're running on um, could also make a really substantial um, um, effect. Even the best heel striker in the world is going to struggle to go uh, heel striking going up a steep gradient. Yeah. Um, so I, I, before we go into kind of the, the person and everything else, let's just think a little bit about what we mean uh, or what happens through foot strike. So we know we've identified there's three different understandings of foot strike in, in essence there's two with something which is somewhere in the middle yeah. uh, but let when when we're looking at foot strike there's the point at which the the foot lands on the ground or touches the ground uh, and sometimes um, i'd refer to this as the kind of the touch point um, and then I, I think there's the there's the, the beginning of load and i think that's the really important bit which people sometimes kind of don't quite understand so you might have someone who is absolutely looking like they're toe striking but actually by the time they actually start engaging their foot muscles start engaging the reaction from the ground i.e they are taking load within the system they're probably more of that midfoot and they're not actually what they would classify themselves as that kind of classic forefoot because that's just as you say a still image and it's that dynamic process yeah. so you have that kind of initial touch point you have this, the kind of starting initiation of load or load management and then you have what's known as peak load um, as you bring your whole body weight essentially through it plus multiples of your body weight actually when you're looking at running um, and then the foot in whatever capacity it is in heel or toe or doesn't it doesn't make a difference um, it then slowly releases that energy and drives you forward so when you're looking at a running style there's the there are actually there's, there's a few different bits going into that running um foot strike in whatever capacity it there is a touch point there's an initiation of load there's a peak load and then there's a release of that load or driving force if you like is another way of explaining it and when sometimes explaining it to to athletes it's, it's quite useful to think about it as spring um so you kind of have the point where the spring just touches the ground a little bit and then you have the point at which you start pressing the spring down 
And then you have the maximum amount that you push the spring all the way down, which is usually when your center of mass is above the foot, which is where you're starting to lead into around uh, where is the person. And then as you start moving past where that foot is, um, has struck the ground, um, then you start releasing that spring and that's when you start driving yourself back forwards. So it's that kind of compression and expansion again, that spring movement, which is actually what foot strike is really about. And then you start bringing in the nuances sorry, of, well, are you compressing the spring from your toes or are you compressing the spring from your heel? And that kind of starts adding a little bit more of the conversation um, around it. So if you think about the um, kind of that spring analogy, we can start thinking about the mechanics of how that works within forefoot and heel striking. Before we go into the biomechanics, which may even be too much for this conversation, I think. Um, I think it's important to also address what you're trying to get out of the, you know, the, the phase in which your foot is in contact with the ground. Yep, go on then. So you, you're obviously, you're, you're trying to, you need to put your foot on the ground. Like if you're in space and you can't push up anything, you won't go anywhere. So one of the biggest reasons that you're you're putting your foot on the floor is to make yourself go, go somewhere, is to impart force into the ground in order to move yourself forwards. During that phase, you've also got to you've got to manage the the impact with the ground and the forces that come about through that. As you say, with the spring analogy, the compression forces, if you like, also so from from you and gravity going down, but also from the ground coming up. If, that, if or meeting your foot however you want to put it and then also you're trying to maintain your balance function and momentum over that point so because obviously if, if you as, as we were saying if you only consider the foot you potentially miss the point further up the chain so that's where you can try and think about like running on top of a log like if you if you if you try to put your foot too far forward you're going to face plant the water if you try to put your foot sorry you're going to go you're going to go backwards and obviously if you put your foot too far back then you're going to go forwards so getting it right is really important in terms of that tipping point in terms of your momentum and your balance but it's also about managing the forces up and down to you know to best effect basically and and without wanting to bring in too much of a complication but you also when we're looking and you brought the the photo the image of the, the trainer up earlier but people often look at video analysis to identify it back like no it's okay uh, <laughs> they you know they look at video and it's a freeze frame off that foot strike position yeah the other thing to remember is that you are moving through three-dimensional space and so there's two other really important sets of forces um that the the foot's withstanding one is that lateral load as in how your body and your your foot is going not kind of just forward and backwards but left to right um medially to laterally and then also the torsion which is going in from your ankle up to your knee to your hip as well so there'll be a torsional load which your foot's also trying to withstand so there's lots of stuff going on which is making that whole com conversation around forefoot heel striking a lot more complicated than the simplicity which people um initially kind of do it as you say we're just freeze frame photo there you go chop them off at the uh, the shin bone upwards and you can have a really good example of what is a good or a bad runner based purely on the trainer that you see at the bottom or potentially trainer list but that's a kind of a follow-on conversation maybe um I'd, I'd sum it up really is like balance 
the spring, which for me encompasses all of the different forces, if you like. Yeah. So you've got balance, spring. I don't know if momentum's kind of, you know, I could keep that or lose it. But then also function. And function for me is is referring to the enabling of the biomechanics in in that sort of propulsive change. So obviously in swimming, it's you know your your arm stroke as you press back. In, in running, it's obviously what your your foot to well, every your whole body is doing obviously in running. So we. We've kind of started talking about it, then we went back in just to explain the foot strike a little bit more. And I just want to go back into what you're going to use originally. We, we are, when you're talking about foot strike, quite often chopping off what the runner's doing above, like where that person is in the trainer. So um, you started to talk about it in terms of running on a log. Tell me a little bit more around um, what that person and why that person is significant for someone's foot strike and why that's an important and often forgotten part of the conversation okay so as you say like foot touching is is just not really significant because of the amount of force involved um so when your foot is when you're in the air and going back to that being in space kind of analogy you're not you're just you're not really doing anything apart from preparing for the next bit. You're not able to impart any force. You, you're not able to run in space because you're not in contact with the ground. You know, if we if gravity was to decrease, you know, if we were on the moon, it becomes, you know, quite different in terms of how things work. So the, the forces involved are really important. Where you touch the ground, if you're really looking into the nitty gritty, could be of some significance. But the, the issue with the, here with what people generally understand with foot strike is it's seen to be this very important thing that, you know, makes a really big difference. But it's, it's, it's simply not true. The bit that is significant is where the, the forces are their highest in terms of gravity and the ground coming up, because that, that is the bit where you're potentially going to see a positive or, or negative impact on performance. The bit, the bit of your foot which touches it, not so much. And I think even, even further, it can, can misdirect athletes into trying to do something that actually could have a really negative impact. We had a Q&A on this a few weeks ago, and I, a simple analogy with, was with an athlete was talking about trying to run on their toes. <clears throat> And I asked the female athletes what it was like to walk around in stilettos for an evening. And it absolutely murders your calves. But it was just to illustrate that doing so will place a very high load on your, your calves, Achilles, and, you know, the potential for injury there. But also the, it is increasing, but also you're not, you're not utilising larger muscle groups, potentially. Um, well, if you go back to that spring analogy, and you, you do try and simplify things. When, when you look at foot strike, it's trying to do two things. One is absorb that in, like impact. And then the second part is then drive the athlete forward. So it's doing two things. Mm. If, you, if you looked at the two differences, the, let's go forefoot and heel strike. Let's ignore midfoot just for now because it makes the example a little bit more easy to look yeah. at. When you look at the 
the heel strike, that compression is happening pretty much all through from that, the minute that heel touches the ground um, and then it's just compressing, compressing and then it's going back up again. Uh, and a lot of the, the compression is happening from the heel up. And um, when you're then driving off, obviously the heel comes down, you're landing on, the, you then, once the heel's on the ground, the foot's flat on the ground, and then you're pushing off from your toe. So you're kind of almost rolling through your foot from heel to toe. Um, so you've got a, um, a compressive, that spring fit is mainly heel upwards. And then when you start driving off at the back end, you're actually getting more um, uh, all the way through from the toe all the way up through, the, through that chain. Um, whereas if you're looking at the forefoot striking, you're going from with that compression part of the spring from the toe all the way back up again, and then you're driving up again, maybe your heel goes down. So it goes from toe down to heel and back up again. It might not, depending on the individual, but then you go all the way back up again. So actually using the calf, uh, the stilettos example, um, yeah. if, you, if you do just say, oh, I'm trying to run on my toes, you suddenly find someone who's never had that spring compressed from their toe back up again, suddenly compressing their toe back up again. So that whole bit between the heel and the toe hasn't been used to those forces and changes. And suddenly you're kind of asking them to do that. And that starts bringing a, a different conversation around um, injury management. But you can start seeing where and how the body starts working. Again, we're trying to simplify this really, really carefully. And it's just not a logical progression. Like the, you know, whenever you're trying to do something in training, it's, you know, don't add on too much load, do it in an incremental manner, suddenly jumping from just, just running along and then trying to jump to running on your toes. You know, if you were trying to do that in a sensible manner, you might try, you know, 30 seconds of running on your toes and then minute and a half of running normally, and then a minute's recovery walking 30 seconds of running on your toes. But, I'm not suggesting that's the right thing to do, but it's certainly not what people try to do if they are trying to do that. So injury incidence goes up. Yeah. The, the other thing to, to consider when you're talking about um, loading of, of legs and, and that comes from that foot strike is that a lot of the injury links to, we're starting to talk about injury um, a little bit. It, it is actually linked not only to the peak load, but also how quickly that peak load is imposed on the body so that rate of loading is is as significant from an injury perspective as it is um as what that peak is so if you're someone who's running really fast you're going to have higher loads and you're probably going to have um even if you run the same way as somebody else that that rate of loading might be quicker just because you've got a kind of faster turnover the uh the, so will be quicker as you're moving a bit faster in the higher loads there but equally if you have a faster turnover for whatever reason so your cadence is a little bit higher you're also going to have a higher rate of loading in whichever style of running that you have be it a heel striker or a forefoot striker just because you've got less time on the ground you've got a higher cadence so you've got more time in the air uh, less time on the ground so um it, it, there's there's a lot of things going on around um around that foot strike where you're landing and everything else which will contribute to a lot of load through your joints muscles everything and then also that kind of how quickly that load is coming on which is which is a kind of an impact you mentioned calves and stilettos and that lower limb stuff and i think that's a really good place it's my to specialist topic i, I didn't i didn't <laughs> want to bring on the friday and the saturday nights um however um but if, if you're looking at the um at those sort of likelihoods of injuries a lot of people will refer to one off those styles of running 
because they're trying to avoid an injury. Classically, your heel strikers, knees and hips. Classically, you know, they go, oh, I'll go to forfeit strike because that's going to stop my knees from hurting. I can absorb it a little bit more. We talk about, I did talk about earlier how that spring goes from heel upwards to toe upwards suddenly if you go from a heel striker to a forefoot striker. So, you know, logically that does make sense. But the problem is that forefoot strikers are, are referring to a heel strike, or referring sorry, back to a heel strike position because what they're trying to do is stop their foot, lower limb, plantar, sort of calf related injury. So they're going heel strike and kind of trying to manage their um uh, manage the pains in the lower limb side of things so the kind of the injury injury likelihood and in either either style of running there is an injury likelihood so you can't use one to necessarily avoid uh, the other a sudden change alan as you mentioned will almost certainly bring about some pain and residual injury it will take a long time to make a significant change like that stick so you're going to put in a lot of load there and um you know just because you've got sore calves from running on your toes doesn't mean you should start thinking about running heel striking because you know it won't give you sore calves no it won't but it'll still give you something potentially a bit later further up the chain elsewhere so you know that that in injury likelihood is both are as likely to cause you an injury it's just where the injury is likely to be which is going to be the kind of more of the the issue so i think we should, i think we should at this point move further up the chain go on then so we've kind of spoken about forefoot, midfoot. Heel. Toe bone connects to the ankle bone, ankle bone connects to the knee bone kind of thing. So let's yeah, but we've not that. gone any higher than that. And I think that's the, so, you know, if we're saying that all of this is not really the key area to focus on and there's potentially misleading or misinforming information out there, or, you know, misinterpreted information, then then what, what do we think is important? I think the you have to look at where the peak load is with your foot when it gets into contact with the ground, but with respect to where the centre of mass is above that, it's super important to look at that. Um, and also to look at the relative, it's not just looking that's where it is, it's also looking at it, like I said, with that triangulation, you know, where's the pelvis, where's your hip? compared to the knee compared to the foot compared to the shoulders and the head position and how do all those things line up and stack up on top of that point in isolation in terms of peak force like different people can do different things above that so as philip was saying there you can get injuries from forefoot striking or heel foot striking if either of those are done ahead of the center of mass Equally, you could forefoot strike and heel strike and get no injuries because it's under the center of mass. So that kind of highlights to us what is the important thing. Like you could be forefoot striking or heel striking under the center of mass because of different factors around that. You could be running faster or slower, for example. You could be running uphill or downhill, for example. Um, so it's really important that we we check where the centre of mass is above that peak force. Yeah, I think that's, if there was an important takeaway for anyone listening to this about foot strike, it would be don't worry about your foot strike until you start knowing about where it, like what, what your foot strike is, forefoot, heel strike, whatever, until you know where it is relative to the rest of your body. Like if, you, if you know where, where your foot strike is compared to your, as you said, your pelvis, your centre of mass, um, you know, that is going to be more informative to you about um 
causing you injury or kind of losing yourself and uh, opportunities in terms of performance um, than suddenly changing anything else at all. So having an understanding of where that is, is, is going to be critical. So in that case, what, what, what are the kind of key things that people should be looking at or considering when they are running in relation to that foot strike? We just talked about center of mass. So one of the biggest things you can see is just shin angle. It, it's a really easy indicator in terms of like that first level is the, is your, is the shin. Um, I can't think of the, what would be correct here, Philip, in terms of down, just sloping forward is what I would say, but what would you? Um, so in is terms of positive, angle, positive or negative angle, I can't remember. It, it does depend on which way you're, you're kind of measuring the angle. And so different yeah. literature will argue different things. But um, I think what you're, you're trying to get at is that your your shin is over your foot rather than your shin behind your foot if you're yeah right. so knee, knee knee over ankle kind of thing but again if you look at that point that that's kind of the first bit but again your center of mass is not necessarily over the top of that so yeah. then there can be secondary things going on where your foot strike is okay and it's not necessarily your foot strike's fault that your center of mass is not where it should be above it. It could be something else. So you could be, for example, running, you know, bent over like this with your bottom half a mile behind your head. And then that would obviously change, change around, or you could be leaning back or all sorts of wonderful things above that that could lead to other issues. So it's important to not necessarily just look at foot strike and go, this is the only thing that I need to assess, because again, that 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 could you could miss the point. Um, that answers the question a little bit yeah i think so i think the um if you're if you're looking at running sort of saying okay well what, what are we going to look at i think definitely the the position of them above the center of mass is going to be really important um i think we we talk a lot around posture um so you've got that first of all center of mass but also then the posture and that brings in good solid core good solid core brings in tautness ability to withstand the rotation you know, you're technically standing one-legged. We look at a lot of times when when you're looking at um, center, the, uh, when you're when you're looking at someone running and you're looking at their analysis, it's from the side view people look at it, especially when they're talking about foot strike. But when someone lands, their center of mass is going to be slightly off the above the foot. So, um, kind of, you have to recognize that they have to manage their pelvis and keep the pelvis reasonably level and, and have that torsion which goes from that foot the bottom all the way across the, the up to the top of the uh, shoulder over the side so they, there's a lot going on there and if you haven't got good posture your posture is going to have a bigger impact if you like on that center of mass because if you start slumping forwards or you start losing the core so you kind of become a little bit uh, flexible in the core area you're going to see a change in center of mass which is then going to impact the foot strike position relative to that center of mass so i'd say that posture is a really important thing that people um, should be thinking about and especially bring posture then center of mass and also um, that foot strike and it's kind of you talked about stacking things up at the beginning um, you know it's definitely an important part of a really significant part of um yeah. running i think i think one of the things that gets overlooked with what you say is um is you just say posturing and people kind of think that that's something that's um um it's automatic it doesn't require effort it just happens 
holding yourself in position is one of the most important things in triathlon across the disciplines, be it swim, bike, or run. People are gone, they look, they make it look effortless. Isn't that wonderful? Like who in who in the right mind floats at 45, 40 degrees, 30 degrees on their side in water? Nobody takes effort to kind of hold that position. The same with an aero position on a bike, be it on a road bike or a time trial bike. And it's the same with running above that point of like peak force of the foot you have to manage it and it's an effort to do that it's an effort to manage gravity you know you get tired standing up standing still he says being like i've been stood at a standing desk all day why haven't i got a seat um so when running it's obviously it's much more challenging but it's kind of this unconscious thing that we don't pay attention to and i think it's really important that athletes do pay attention to holding that position holding that um you use the uh, the c word the swear word that is you know is not particularly um uh, god lost the words now myself not particularly useful forgive me um core what do we mean by that trunk stability is generally what people mean but being able to control your body between like your pelvis and your shoulder girdle is kind of what we're talking about there. Hold, holding that together and holding it stable is really important on top of that peak force. And we've used it for a long time is a good way to think about that is like pole vaulting. So when the pole goes into the into the vault and then it obviously flexes and flips the flips the athlete up over the top. If the as the athlete goes through that point in the air, if they just kind of let go of the pole or they don't make an effort to hold themselves in the air, it all goes horribly wrong. Equally so, if that pole's not up to it and it snaps and it can't handle those forces, again, you ain't getting over that bar. Um, when it comes, and it's kind of useful as well to think of that with like overstriding. If you stick your foot well out in front of you, your foot is not designed and your leg and body is not designed to be as elastic as that pole is and use that energy to flick you over. It's not even particularly efficient. Um, and you've got a lot more to manage. It's a lot harder. And yeah, so like, like you were saying, Philip, basically you, you've got to manage the forces on top of that. And I think it's really important to try and get that three-dimensional thinking. Don't just think about what we're talking about from a side-on view. Think about it from front-on. So although I said you can be leaning forward, you can also have your hips over here and your head over there, and you're doing this all the time as you're running, and that's inefficient as well. So we've, we've spoken a lot now around the two extremes. Um, I think if I was to sort of put those sort of summary points together as you kind of what should someone be focusing on if we're saying that don't worry about your foot strike as a forefoot or a heel strike or whatever you, you should be focusing on where your foot strike is relative to your center of mass you should be thinking about um how kind of how much time it takes to kind of load up that center of mass thing but that's kind of quite complicated so think about your posture have you got good posture good trunk stability um and are, are you able to con, kind of control that force? Because running is all force. It's basically force of management running. That's a really, it, that is basically how you run. You, have, you manage the forces um, and, and, then you, and then you kind of drive forward. So um, 
the key things to be considering are going to be yeah i can see the ball coming out are going to be oh, your posture number two yeah exactly. <laughs> posture and your um uh, and, and your center of mass uh, and that center of mass relative to your foot strike those are your kind of two takeaways but what i was about to say but i think you're going to bring something else in so i'm going to say it anyway no no you can go yeah, so the, the thing which we haven't really spoken about is where does midfoot come in? Because that's the third, third one which people kind of don't really talk about very much. Well, does it warrant talking about? <laughs> if, if, if it, you know. It, like I said, like we said, as long as it's, you know, re it's only relevant to what's going on above it. And it's somewhat dictated by the terrain you're running up, down, along, whatever, and how fast you're running. Like, <laughs> I think as well within triathlon, you have to think about the suitability of your running pace and what you're trying to do. It, it, like, in, in, to, to be honest with you, even to the degree of actually is talking about running even relevant. So, I, you know, I, I've worked with and I work with athletes who in all reality are not going to be running most of the run in a long course triathlon. Therefore, the focus with them on, is on getting there in the swim and bike as fast as possible to increase their likelihood of running, but then preparing them to be strong enough to maintain a fast walk in their training, actually going for long hikes for three, four or five hours is far better use of their training time because they're going to get strong, stable, get a good aerobic workout from it because that's their running ability. But they're also massively reducing their recovery time and reducing the likelihood of injury. On the other side of things, if you are a sub 15 minute 5K runner who's preparing for a draft legal sprint distance, are you likely, you know, at that end of the spectrum, are you likely to be running up a little bit more on your toes than the athletes I was just talking about who are walking most of a long distance triathlon? Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. So it's kind of like think about where you're at and try to do something that is relevant to you rather than just picking something out of the air and going, oh, that's what I'm going to do. Ask yourself, is this, you know, is this actually relevant to me? So I'm not going to answer your question, basically. Proper politician's answer. Just ask the, I'll just answer the question that I want to, Philip. Um, so prop number two, um, I wanted to, the spring analogy. And you said that was complicated. It's not that complicated. If I do this with the ball, hopefully nothing falls off my desk here. This could go badly. Everybody watching, I'm going to let it go. There's nothing. It's, the, the desk's not very bouncy. It just goes splat and it goes nowhere. That's kind of like your foot hitting the ground. On the other hand, if I go like that, which I'm not going to do because the and really, and really throw the ball down hard. If I bang it into the ground really hard, it's going to bounce back up. That's the kind of return on investment we want when we're running. Like the idea of also, like, is your foot and you know, like a flat, spongy football? Do you remember those springy balls you used to have when you were kid? You bounce around the house. Like wang them and they bounce off all the walls ridiculously rapidly. That's what you want. And that's where the idea, obviously, when like carbon technology in shoes comes. And also some of the concern with um, power, power athletes, you know, below or above knee amputees who are, who are running with prosthetics. And um, the athlete that won't be named, who's uh, famed for, for, for running with able bodied athletes as well. Um, 
and whether or not he was gaining an unfair advantage because he was running with two prosthetics and they looked into it and it was about the same but obviously with a prosthetic limb and the spring mechanism it's 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 not a unuseful way to think about how you run it if that makes sense the same as the ball hit the ground spring back up so that brings us really nicely to a common phrase used when discussing running uh, technique or um, kind of changes. Um, and we, we spoke earlier about, you know, key thing to think about is, well, actually, do you have good posture? Do you have good control? Um, is your center of mass above your foot strike? Are you using that idea of running on a log in water? You know, are you actually landing your foot underneath yourself from the log and driving the log back so it's spinning? Or are you missing it and then falling flat in your face or are you stepping out in front too far stopping the log and falling backwards embarrassingly in front of uh, front of everybody um so those are kind of two things but actually the a really important another consideration is and we've mentioned running is withstanding forces your foot needs to be able to withstand those forces if you're running on a heel style running style you're going to land in your heel and you're going to be propelling yourself forwards from your foot all the way back up the posterior chain, um, firing yourself forwards. Well, if you haven't got the strength and the control in that foot, you know, when you're looking at a, the side on view, it just looks like you're pushing through. But if you're not and you're looking, you're considering about how your foot's moving side to side, rotation or anything like that, if it can't drive that foot straight forward and keep that everything going in the, in the same direction, or if you're running off-road a little bit and it can't control the um, uneven surfaces and kind of make some stable base to be able to have a platform to drive off, you're going to really struggle to gain any sort of real forward but movement. I think what you're describing is, is that saying that like foot strike is not the limiting factor. It's the same as swimming. If you only have a, you know, if you if you go like this with your arms and you know you're going to struggle to execute, you know. Uh, like a smooth or you know pool swimming style but if you're like this boom yeah got it super flexible the chances of you looking like an elite olympian are probably a lot higher and i think that again that is as i was saying with the pace variation if your range of movement in your hips is this much and um kipchoge's is this much don't try to run like kipchoge it ain't going to work because as you say there Philip you're not going to go in a in a in a in a linear manner you're not going to move in a linear manner as you're trying to run you're going to end up with some sort of compensation movement and that will likely lead to injury and uh, what's rule number 1 of running club philip don't get injured don't get injured yeah no it really is so from the ground up we're really referring like work on your feet work on your toes work on everything sort of below the knee which doesn't look that cool when you start doing it um in the gym but actually that's where most runners need to spend a lot of time because the feet are the first and the last thing to touch the ground every single stride and that is your platform to be able to drive from but also to land on and if it's not strong you are going to, you talk about compensation, you're going to see a compensation mechanism happening at some point along the chain, or you're going to see um, issues taking place again. So if, you, if you're wanting to go to a front foot style running thing, you definitely need to be working even more on your feet because you need to absorb the landing and also the taking off. And you can absolutely do that 
but you need to have the strength in place to be able to do that. If you want to be more of a heel striker, you can absolutely do that, but you're going to have to have still foot strength and to be able to kind of manage the, the forces of driving off as you go so that you're not moving that kind of up further up the chain. And I think that that is a, probably the, the sort of the, the final piece really in terms of um, that foot strike thing. It, it doesn't matter what style of foot strike you choose to do in many ways you mentioned it the speed will dictate what you end up doing so the foot strike chooses you um is probably a better way to look at it than 100 uh, percent. i just i i honestly think anybody achieve, trying to achieve a foot strike oh i'm just going to speak my mind i think it's a complete nonsense i honestly think it's a complete waste of time and you you just is misdirection at its worst um, because I, I agree with what you said there is incidental. Yeah, totally. And if you've, if you worked on your, um, you know, having good posture, you worked on actually my mechanics so that I'm landing with my foot underneath my center of mass, it's going to be slightly ahead ever so slightly because of what you talked about momentum, but let's not get too precise on this one. Yeah. yeah. Um, but if, if you, if you're looking at having it so that your, your center, you're landing underneath your center of mass for the sake of argument, it doesn't matter what your foot strike is. And if you try and change it, it will try and make a change which doesn't necessarily suit you. If you've got those two things in place already, you're already going to be an efficient runner. If you then work on strengthening everything within that chain from your foot, from your big toe, all the way up to your shoulders, you're going to be a more stable and more powerful runner. Um, and you're going to be running faster. And it doesn't, it really doesn't matter what kind of foot strike you have. Um, and if you're running faster, you'll probably start leaning towards maybe, as you say, incidentally, that kind of moving a little bit further forward in your um, in your foot strike position. But that doesn't just because you have a front foot strike doesn't mean you're a fast runner. It just it might happen because it's quite hard to land on your heel right underneath your body. Mm-hmm. But it might not be, and that might be how you run, and that's absolutely fine. And it's just recognizing. Um, I that, think the guidance for me is to center around like being able to identify the factors that def- that determine how how you how you can and how you should approach your running in terms of what your technique may look like and the first thing for me is your is you know what's the distance to the event and more specifically one person's 5k is another person's half marathon yeah. so you need how long is it going to take you um, what kind of terrain it are, is, it, is it on? You know, how much is, you know, how fatigued are you going to be beforehand? What are the conditions like? What is the course like? What's the ground like? Et cetera, et cetera. How much training have you done? But then also the more specific detail about yourself. What's your, what's your range of movement like? Um, you know, what's your, what's your mass also? You know, if you're a six and a half foot, guy with an, a really significant amount of muscle mass and you're in the 100 kilo plus category i think it is sensible that you approach your running slightly differently to a very um lightweight 50 kilo athlete who doesn't have that amount of muscle mass and then is five foot tall i would just add, i just add into that one though but it still means that you need to relatively think about the forces that your body is going to impose because five times your body weight four times your body weight doesn't matter what your body weight is it's still a significant load for that individual body yeah. 
it's all it's all it is all relative um and then also what what's your range of movement what's your lifestyle like how 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 well can you move how how you know how stable can you be when you move and then also what's your threshold of stability so if you're able to be super stable with very high forces you this idea of running we all know about running threshold pace etc but we i think the concept that we also need to introduce is a threshold in terms of stability i think everybody's familiar with that idea of oh i can run i can sprint quite hard and then there's a running away from the cheetah pace where it's just blind panic and technique goes out the window but you can definitely up it a level but it doesn't look that good and it's trying to find that cliff um for when people start to break down in terms of their 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 technical execution and their function in terms of like the the muscles firing because as we said earlier things start to compensate and do things that they're not designed to do or indeed not trained to do then they tend to break down and then that tends to contradict rule number one what's rule number one again try not to get injured don't well no don't get injured which, which, <laughs> which you know with running is between anywhere between 50 and 80 percent of runners in a year will have some form of injury or niggle so if you can avoid it then you're going to be in sport playing yeah. sport more and then you're going to be more successful because consistency over time will dictate you know who, who improves the most um so yeah i think just try to pick like your you know technical approach within this goes for coaches as well try to advise athletes to pick technique that is fits within what they're able to do you know i've definitely seen coaches advising athletes trying to run in an elite style when they just it's not it's not relevant to what they're trying to do what they're actually capable of doing in terms of range of movement, in terms of stability, or in their ability to manage those forces or the pace that they're running. And just to be clear with that, Alan, that doesn't mean that uh, when you talk about it, you know, making an athlete run in an elite style, that doesn't mean that that athlete could never run in said elite style. They might be able to. It's just at 100%. that point in time, it's not appropriate for that athlete to make that. So if you bring that back to foot strike, you know, if 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 the athlete is stable if they've got good posture and stability when they're running if they are have a good foot position foot striking position don't worry about where it is along the foot if those three things are sort of already in place mechanically and they're running and they start seeing the running improving and they're starting to see some big improvements and everything else you might find that they are already start running more like that elite style running um technique in which case some of those fine tuning things will come into it but it would be sort of like trying to take the the cart before the horse or the horse before the cart or whichever way around it is. I haven't seen a cart on a horse for a while. But Chickens and eggs. Yeah, exactly. It's, 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 it's getting the process right behind this one. I think that's, if we were to summarise um, most of this conversation, it, it is that the foot strike, yes, there is something in it. There's always something in these things, but it's, the, it's, it's an area people generally focus on too much too quickly i know with training camps when we have a whole host of people coming through we're doing some video feedback sessions with people and then we will always have a conversation around foot strike and there's always people kind of needing to be myth busted around foot strike because they have these real beliefs 
ingrained in them that they have to run front foot style running or heel striking bad or this is what they've been told that they should do or that they thought they were doing inevitably what they think they're doing and what they're actually doing could be two very different things um but it, the the kind of the key message is it it's it's something as part of running series obviously it is because you, you have to land um but what's more important is the other things further up the chain which contribute to the landing before you start worrying about the landing itself I yeah think. i think that's what i was trying to get towards is like you know if you're if you're going going down that route of oh, i'm going to change what i'm doing with this the thing that we shouldn't talk about um then actually you should be looking at range of movement you know like flexibility stability all of those kind of things like the conversation's gone from talking about forefoot midfoot heel to talking about like all these strength and conditioning related aspects i mean for me i think strength and conditioning itself is bad terminology it should be conditioning and strength because that's a logical sequencing and how you should do it but i don't I've, i want to make it clear as well that it's not particularly anybody's fault when they come and you, you like you say you spend time myth busting it's just that that's the commonly available information and and yeah and uh, like i'd i'd uh like for me i would title entitle this conversation why foot strike isn't important but i don't think that's what people google very often hopefully not hopefully that will change exactly well i think that um is probably a great place to stop there as well so thank you very much for your time Abby, as always no worries and i uh, hope everyone enjoyed it we'll catch you next time thank you very much the Believe Strive Achieve podcast is produced every week for your enjoyment and show notes are found at trytrainingharder.com. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or iTunes. You can also follow us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at trytrainingharder. Thanks for listening.